I placed the tiny white pill on the U.S. Army spoon my father had used to eat cereal for nearly forty years. From a white plastic bottle about the size and shape of a small flask, I extracted five drops of pink liquid morphine. I released each drop, one by one, onto the spoon, and used the tip of the dropper to push the ativan in slow circles until it dissolved. Then I sucked the mixture back up into the dropper. Morphine takes your pain away. Ativan calms you down. I wanted to lick the spoon. From where I stood, I could hear him move on the vinyl hospital mattress in the next room. He was only shifting, dropping his stiff, pinched hands onto the sheet beside him, not trying to get out of bed. He had complained about the mattress until four days before, when he stopped complaining about anything. My bare feet on the cold tile in the hallway, the dropper in my hand, the acrid smell of stale coffee coming from the kitchen behind me, I stood listening to the empty house. Perfectly cured, 24-inch oak logs my father had cut, split, and stacked the previous spring, now shifted with an ashy thump in the wood stove down the hall. I looked out the window to the bird feeder he had made twenty years ago. It stood firmly planted in the frozen ground. Juncos and Phoebes chattered and picked at the seeds in the tray, and then flitted and disappeared into the gray pines behind them. I could not see his face, only his thin white feet against the simulated wood grain of the footboard. The blanket had slipped to one side. He moved his right foot up and toward his body, then back to the footboard in a slow, kicking motion, trying to get the blanket back over his toes. He was awake. I looked at the watch on my left wrist, which I'd set to military time when dusk had begun to blur into dawn. It now read 1557. Lifting my shoulders and working a smile into my eyes, I stepped from the hallway into his dark room. The toilet in the downstairs bathroom wouldn't flush. My younger sister, Mindy, called the man who pumps septic systems to come clean out our tank. She and I took turns searching for the cap in the yard, another bit of necessary information we could no longer ask our father for. One of us kicked at the frozen sod, while the other tried to keep him from getting out of bed. Terminal restlessness, the hospice doctor had told us. At the end of life, organs begin to shut down. Old ladies who hadn't left their beds in years suddenly rise up with unimaginable strength to move furniture. Frail, aged men who have been silent for months grow angry and yell profanity at anyone who passes by. They are agitated, violent. They want to go. Our father wanted to go home and he was sure this was not it. I tried citing the evidence to the contrary. I pointed out the ceiling he had hung, the walls he had painted, and the carpet he had laid. I showed him photos of the house he was in, the same stone house we had built together three decades before, mixing mortar and gathering stone as a family, the same house in which he wanted to die, and to which I had returned to help him do so but he did not believe me.